Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and a radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes, don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over, you won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job. Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today. Welcome to the job interview experience. I'm a former executive recruiter, search firm owner, director of talent acquisition, candidate club founder, and your host of the job interview experience. Scott Anthony Barlow is the CEO of Happen to Your Career. Scott and his team help people just like you pivot or advance their career further than they thought possible. Scott is also the host of the fantastic Happen to Your Career podcast, which I highly recommend. Scott is here today to share strategies that are transforming careers and helping job seekers reach out further than they thought possible, grab their career by the horns, and make big dreams a reality. Scott, welcome to the job interview experience. Thank you very, very much. I am very, very excited to be here. We got to chat a little bit beforehand. Uh, actually, for the Happen to Your Career podcast. So I'm I'm really excited to continue the conversation over here. And for our listeners, I will send you Scott's way to listen to all of Scott's episodes, but maybe specifically, if you want to hear me talk about some things that I haven't said on the show, highly recommend you go, again, check out Scott's podcast. Scott, like any good job interview, before we dig into the really hard questions, we want to get to know you. And so if you'd tell us outside of work, how do you like to spend your time? What are you passionate about? I, I get excited about a lot of things. So what, what I'm passionate about changes at any given moment besides helping, helping people identify what their ideal work and extraordinary um, career looks like for them. But outside of that, I, I'm currently into ice hockey. I have been not only playing for the last few years, but also coaching my, my kids' teams. And I have gotten really into, uh, well, here's a, here's a fun one. So back when I was in high school, I used to do like half pipe and aggressive rollerblading, like, you know, where you see people grinding on the rails and everything. So it recently gotten into that again. So those are the types of things that, uh, that I get excited about. Um, plus, really, honestly, new experiences is probably the thing I get most excited about. So um, coming up here in about three, three and a half weeks, 
we are taking our entire family to Greece, but that's something that we do every year, not go to Greece, but go to a new country and we'll uh, basically plunk down and live in that country for uh, about a month or so. Sometimes, you know, sometimes three weeks, sometimes six weeks, just depends on the, on the country. But uh, we've really tried to do that over and over again so that not only am I getting new experiences, but my entire family gets to see and experience things all over the world. So they get exposure to uh, how, how people live and how we are, certainly how, what our differences are, but mostly how we are very much the same all over. You said something about an extraordinary life, and you've also had an extraordinary career. Can you give us a picture of how you got to where you are today? Kind of uh, quickly give us kind of the timeline and, and the things that happened to get you to the place where you can give us this great advice. Yeah, you know, it honestly has been almost 20 years ago since, since a couple key events happened. Number one, I accepted a job opportunity that was right in front of me that honestly, I wasn't, I wasn't like super, super, super pumped about it, but it seemed like a really great job. All my friends and family were telling me, oh, you've got to take this. It's fantastic. Like it paid really well. It was in an area that we wanted to be in Portland, Oregon. It was, um, it was, you know, the type of organization where they're like, Hey, you do well, we'll, you know, pay for a BMW for you. There was a lot of wonderful things. I knew some people already at the organization. So it, it had a lot of things going for it. Also at the same time, I kind of suspected someplace in the back of my mind and my heart that it might not be a perfect fit, but I didn't, I didn't necessarily know what else I would do if I didn't accept that opportunity and it seemed better than any of the other alternatives and it was right in front of me so so I took it I had a um really rough next year and a half I gained 50 pounds almost I started having and experiencing what I didn't know at the time, but later found out were panic attacks where I'm driving into work on my three hour commute and really absolutely stressed from my eight hour weeks and then freaking out because I was not hitting my, my targets. And, and there were so many other things that were actually a really terrible fit, not just the fact that I I wasn't hitting my goals, but I, I was then, you know, experiencing experiencing those panic attacks like in the middle of the roadway. So that was, that was new for me. I hadn't done anything um, like that before. And I was starting to question, you know, is this what, is this what it's like for everybody in this type of role and this type of opportunity? Cause this, this doesn't feel good. It feels terrible. There's gotta be a better way to do this. So after it, it very much took 18 months to where I built up the courage to go and talk to my boss which sounds crazy to say that out loud. But yeah, it took me every bit of 18 months to say, okay, all right, maybe I really need to do something about this. So I, I, my boss who, was, who lived and worked in another city at the time uh, talked to me on the phone. He asked some great questions. He you know, tried to understand what was going on. It felt really, really good to be able to say, hey, you know what? Maybe I made the wrong decision. And apparently my boss felt the same way because three weeks later he fired me. Oh, so that is, that is as strange as it sounds. Um, and while I wouldn't wish that on anyone, that really horrible situation, because I was, you know, at 
right before that, part of what caused me to question is I was having like normal thoughts about, hey, maybe if I just jumped out the second story window and broke a few legs, they'd give me a day off and I could go see my wife who I'd barely spent any time with. Uh, you know, those, those are not normal thoughts necessarily. And those are the types of things that were running through my head. And that's where I realized I've got to do something. So it sounds like a bad thing where I got fired, but I'm so glad that it happened because I remember thinking afterwards as I was driving home in the Portland rain and, you know, thinking, oh no, I've got, I've got to call my wife and tell her that like, I no longer, like the reason I moved her down here to Portland, Oregon, away from her family, I now don't even have a job. And I was thinking that I, I can't ever do this again. This is crazy. This is ridiculous. There's got to be a better way to do this. So I resolved at that point in time to figure out how to do work and life differently. I, I figured there had to be some people that really enjoyed their work and were well compensated to, to do that. And I figured there had to be some people out there in the world that were thriving. And I wanted to understand what they were doing differently than what I was experiencing because it was not, not great. So I spent the next 10 years moving from um, one job to another, what I would have considered each one to be my personal version of my dream job and exploring and trying to figure this out for myself. And so I kept having really wonderful experiences and then I would go to the you know, next role and realize, hey, there, um, there's something that's not quite right here. And what I wanted and needed would evolve and I would move on to another role. And I started getting really good at making career changes. And at some point along the way, I started getting coworkers and friends that would ask me questions. They're like, how did you, how did you make a move from operations management into HR? That seems crazy. Or how did you get a $40,000 increase when the organization was saying, we're not giving out increases this year? So I, I would get those types of questions and then they often would say, hey, can I take you out to coffee? And, you know, can, can you tell me how you did this? And I was doing two things. One, I was going to coffee with them because I love coffee. And then the other thing is I was sharing with them what they could do differently and how they might implement uh, what they wanted. And they were, they were putting that feedback into play and then sharing stories with me like, hey, Scott, thank you so much. This, this worked. I'm now in a different career. And that's where I started thinking, maybe there's something, maybe there's something here. So um, later on, that led to me creating Happened to Your Career. And, and that was about almost 10 years ago. Can you give us a big picture idea of what Happened to Your Career does? You know, really what we do as an organization is we are very, very focused on changing the way that we do and think about work as humans, because I have the core belief and from what I've seen, it is very, very possible for us to thrive within our work and how our work impacts our lives. However, that's also the, that's also not the reality of not just the majority of the people in the world, but almost all the people in the world. Mm. It's a very small percentage of people that really, truly are getting just as much out of their work as what they're putting into it in many figurative and literal ways. The work is feeding them, not, not just, you know, feeding them in the form of a paycheck. And um, the way that we do that is we help people, individuals, identify 
what creates an extraordinary or ideal career for themselves. And then we help them engineer or find or create that opportunity in the, in the real world, whatever that looks like for them. So a lot of what we do on a day-to-day basis, most people would consider to be impossible, uh, but we help people make nearly impossible career transitions every single day. That is, that is what we do. Can you share a, maybe a, just a typical success story for one of your clients? I'd be especially interested to hear if there's kind of a pattern of how people find you and what situation they're in when they approach you. And then obviously I'd love to hear some success stories of where you've gotten them after that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when we, when we first get to interact with people, often they are in this, they're in the place where they have been either with an organization for a long time and maybe been promoted up the ranks. And, you know, now they're at the top and they're questioning for the first time. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I want to go to the next step. I have sort of checked the box on many of my goals and, and now I'm here and I don't, this is not really what I want to do for the next, you know, five, 10 plus years. And, you know, we get to meet people in that type of opportunity for the, for the first time in quite a while, they're questioning, is this the path that I want to go on? And that becomes painful for them in a variety of different ways because they're not used to not knowing the answer for their life direction. Uh, so that's, that's an example of one type of person who we, who we get the pleasure of interacting with. In other cases, it's, hey, I have made a couple of career changes and I have you know, accepted uh, you know, this, this last role or opportunity and I thought it was going to be the thing and it turns out it's not. And I don't want to make the same mistake again. And so I am trying to figure out how to do this differently. Um, which is some of the similar questions that I was asking way back when, you know, almost approaching 20 years ago now. Like, how do, how do I do this differently? There's got to be a better way to do this. So, you know, those are two examples of when we get to meet people. And very often, that's when they start going to Google and just putting in things like, hey, how do I make a career change? Or are there podcasts on career change? And they end up listening to the Happen to Your Career podcast in realizing that, yeah, there are very, very different ways to be able to achieve and um, live a completely different life, especially you know, if we're looking at through the lens of your career. So a couple examples for you here. I'll just, I'll tell you a couple of stories. Um, two that are, that are fresh on my mind, just because I've emailed with them recently. One, uh, one her name is Laura. And Laura, when we first got the opportunity to meet her, she was she was in one of those scenarios that I just mentioned. She had been with an organization for about eight years. She had been promoted a few times. She now had a team of people that she, the way to hear her describe it, she's like, I I get to work with like all of these people who are like really passionate about what they do. And I go home at night and I am not at all. So I feel like I am going into work and I'm being, you know, having to fake it a little bit because all these other people are excited and I don't want to be in that situation. So she had just recently had her first child and you know, she realized, hey, I do want to be working, but I definitely do not want to be at a place, at an opportunity that I don't feel great about because otherwise I would rather, you know, otherwise I'd be at home spending time with my, my kid. So if I'm going to leave, I want it to be this really more of ideal situation. So when we, we first started working with her, we realized it was very important to define what ideal meant for her. 
I know that sounds a little bit obvious, but we spent almost two months with her, maybe approaching three months with her, really getting into the nitty gritty of what created a great opportunity for her. And some things that, that surfaced from that, in Laura's case, she realized that she was not experiencing the type of growth that she needed. Now, when I say growth, sometimes we're talking about like promotions and everything. Promotions were easy, relatively easy for Laura to get. That wasn't a big deal. That's not what I was talking about. But I'm talking about growth in terms of like human growth and development. Was she experiencing the right types of challenges for her? Because she had plenty of challenges. She had, you know, business problems, you know, coming out of her ears. But they weren't the ones that she was really excited about. And they certainly weren't the ones that were really, um, let's say, healthy and, and uh, wonderful for her. So we had to define what that was. And, you know, that's just one example out of many. We did that with each area that we know from research and science. And then also what we've seen over the last 10 years of doing this with people. And we went through each of those areas. and uh, and helped Laura declare what she needed most and what were the highest priorities in each of those areas. So after that, she was left with what we call an ideal career profile. Now, that might sound really like a big thing, but really just think about that as almost we helped her create a checklist of what makes up her ideal opportunity. So in Laura's case, that became operating from a position of of strategy and operating from a position of power. Because think, what, think about what happens at that point. You now have this knowledge and understanding of what you really need. So then Laura was able to say, okay, here are some types of opportunities that I want to explore that I think could be a good fit for this. So she had a hypothesis and we helped her conduct a few experiments. Now, um, I'm not going to share all of that just for, for time's sake here, but I will say that she learned that she thought she wanted to go into innovation, not a great fit for her in all the ways she experimented and explored it. She also suspected she wanted to go into product management. She explored that too and realized that that was actually a pretty wonderful fit for her. So she saved herself by doing that upfront work for going into something that was really not that wonderful. But more importantly, she had also at the same time learned um, what was important to her in an organization as well. So that allowed her to be able to say, okay, these relatively few organizations potentially are a great fit for me. Let me focus my time and effort and attention there as opposed to all of the other organizations in the world that might be hiring or might have an opportunity. So she was able to push off all of those organizations that were unlikely to be a fit off to the side and just ignore them and say, Hey, here's the, you know, five or six or seven organizations that I think could be a fit. Let me explore those. Okay. Fast forward to the end here. Laura ended up, uh, working for an organization that does assessments because she found that she was really into self-development, really wanted and was excited about the opportunity to be able to help other people learn about themselves. That was something she was, she was into for sure. But also as she started to get to know the people in that particular organization, just, you know, organically, it uh, put her in a different position to be able to completely bypass the interview process. So here's what she did as she was exploring um, different types of opportunities. She, she emailed a couple of people in this organization and said, Hey, um, 
I'm in the process of making a career change. I am trying to figure out if product management is something that could be good for me. Would you be willing to chat with me for you know, 15 minutes where I could ask you a couple of questions about what you're doing for project management and you know, how that has worked out for you? So she would do that. And she ended up meeting with a couple of people in the organization. And this did two things for her. It allowed her to be able to say, um, yes, this organization is actually really fantastic for me. But even before that, she was able to get some validation that she was heading the right direction for product management, which was really far, far more important. And once she had that realization, it was easy for her to skip over some early stages of the interview process by saying, hey, you know what, um, Anthony or whoever, I don't know who it was that she was talking to at the time, but, you know, Anthony, um, I really appreciate, you know, you taking the opportunity and, and also I think I might be really interested in working with your organization at some point in the future. Could we have a conversation about how that might look or what advice you'd give me? Uh, could we explore that? And because she already had the relationship built at that point in time, she didn't have to go through an application process. She didn't have to do a screening interview. She didn't have to do, you know, any of the things that we normally think of. She just got to go have a candid conversation with the VP about whether or not she might be a fit someday. And then that turned into later stage interviews. One of the interesting things that I'm taking from this conversation, I think is a good reminder for our listeners is you can't be good at everything. And so let's say that Laura was, let's just say Laura, someone, someone like Laura is a, say a civil, civil engineer but they're in the same place where they're wanting to pivot to something else. Scott's the expert on this, on exploring that, working through it, maybe sweating out some of those thoughts and ideas. But how, how is Laura going to know the correct way to go through that? And that's where something like happened to your career comes so, uh, becomes such a huge resource is it might take someone 10 years. Like it took Scott to work through jobs and, and figure out what works, what doesn't. But when working with an organization like this, what it does is it saves you the pain of maybe a job that doesn't work out well, the stress, or even just the, maybe the time spent in paralysis where you're in the same job and you don't make a change for too long. I'm learning more and more in my life. Let the experts be experts and be good at what you're good at. And you can learn new things, have fun, maybe go learn to play hockey. But in the meantime, let someone who's really good at something, it's like you go to the doctor if you have a problem and not ask your friend down the street, go to the people who are really good at something to figure out the solution that you need. And that if you go to the Happen to Your Career website, you'll see example after example of that. You should be busy killing it in your job or becoming better at it or whatever else. And let someone who's good at this type of thing, especially if you're wondering what's next for you or what else you could be doing, let them figure out the roadmap of how to get there. So Scott, one of the things that you mentioned was kind of bypassing that part of the interview process for our listeners. uh, You know, if we kind of, that was a great example, but if they were to think step-by-step of how to do this themselves, what are the several steps they can do to get themselves in a similar position? Yeah. Um, So I'll answer that question here, but I think that there's one fundamental thing that sometimes gets missed a little bit. And that is that at this point in time, rarely do people get hired by computers. I know we have applicant tracking systems. I know that we have lots of ways to filter through candidates, 
But at the end of the day, there's still a human on the other end of that in one way or another making a decision or making a series of decisions that ultimately lead to an offer or an opportunity, right? So if we go with that really pretty simple logic, then that, of course, means that relationships matter a lot in so many different ways. And I'm not talking about relationships in the form of networking where you go and you, I don't know, go to the event and hand out business cards and I don't know, networking in terms of uh, the idea of what most people think of when they think of networking drives me insane a little bit. But, uh, but truly building relationships, real relationships, organic relationships with real people is always the key because people are the ones who create opportunities. So, okay, so let's move beyond that for a second and say, how, well, how do you actually make that happen in reality? Well, there's no one perfect way, I will, I will tell you, and it requires often a ton of critical thinking, but I will give you um, one or two examples here of how real people have done it in addition to what we, what we did with Laura. So let's take a, a different situation here. Um, let's take, uh, how about, how about uh, you know, somebody we worked with, his name was or is Mike. And in Mike's case, Mike was an engineer and Mike had already made one career change, um, you know, from one city to another. So he was, he was still like reasonably experienced in making this type of change. However, this time he was going to do it again. And he wasn't just looking at it as an opportunity to go from one organization to another or one type of role to another, but he's looking at it as an opportunity to make a upward jump at the same time here. So here's, Here's what we did with Mike to be able to help make that happen. Mike didn't have a lot of time. He was, he was expecting a, a new child. Uh, and also uh, part of the reason he was moving in the first place and relocating was because his wife's job was relocating to a different city. So lots of things going on. So we said, okay, well, how can we figure out how to find some of the right organizations and right people that can, on one hand, help you focus in on the places that are going to be more likely better places for you while at the same time as bypassing some of the stages of the process. So here's what we ended up doing. We ended up saying, okay, well, which two days, let's pick out two days where you're going to be in the Seattle area, which was where he's going to move to. And so he had these two days and said, okay, here's the time I have available. So we ended up actually having him reach out to a lot of different, a lot of different organizations that he was interested in. And he had already spent um, uh, probably around, you know, 15, 20 hours or so building a list of those organizations. So it was no small amount of time, but we already had some reason to believe, Hey, these are, these are organizations that could be a fit. So, and then he had uh, in some cases, people that he knew of, that had either previously known somebody at the organization or had a contact at the organization, he had some of those uh, people introduce him to folks at that organization. So the way that he did that was um, he would actually initially say, hey, Tim, you know, I, I saw you know, um, you know, Jim over at, I'm making up here, yeah, Jim over at uh, ABC organization could you, would you be willing to, you know, send an introduction email for me and connect me to Jim? And, you know, Tim would say, yes, I could have chosen two different names that don't sound alike. And then, 
um, what he would do is he would actually then write the email for them to make it easier. I can't tell you the number of times where I've heard people say, Hey, you know, Jim offered to introduce me, but it's been three weeks mm-hmm. now. And uh, mm-hmm. should I follow up? Like, what should I do? So we just take a lot of the, a lot of the hardship out of the process and say, how do you make it easy? How do you make it easy for them to just do the thing? Well, uh, he wrote the, wrote the email for him and wrote the introduction email for him and said, Hey, if you want to change this, great. Otherwise, if you want to copy and paste it and send it over, that's great. If you want to write a new one, great. But then he would get those happening faster by making it easy for people. Okay. So then what we ended up doing is through that and then reaching out cold in a variety of different ways, filled up an entire day with five different conversations where he met at each organization. And then here's the kicker. He was still trying to figure out, do I actually want to be at these organizations? So he's kind of interviewing companies at the same time and really trying to explore that for himself as opposed to just saying, oh yeah, these are it. I'm good. Like if they offer me, great, fantastic. No, he was being really picky and wanting to get the right opportunity for himself, not just make a change. So way that Mike did this is he would go and he did quite a bit of research before going to the organization. So he could ask a different level of question. Then he would go and, you know, meet with some of those people and he would ask questions like, Hey, what are your biggest problems? What are you not having time to get to? What are the things where if you could change it would just make a massive difference in your world? That's a different level of question in so many different ways. And he would also quote what he had found and what he had researched to indicate that, um, that he already knew some level of, of information on that organization. So they would share with him, you know, what some of their biggest challenges were. Now, here's what Mike did that most people would never think of. He would then take some of their biggest challenges or the things that they couldn't get to or the work that needed to be done or the things that they, you know, were actively working on the problems they were trying to solve. And he went and he would do that. He would do it to the best of his ability. Like there was one organization that was like, oh, I've been trying to research this technology for six months now. And I just haven't, I haven't had time to be able to get to it. So Mike went and researched that technology. And then, you know, a week later, followed up and said, Hey, remember that thing that you haven't been able to get to? Well, here's a one pager PDF. And then wow. here's all my other notes and everything. I really hope it helps you. So that did two things for Mike. It helped him really understand is this actually the type of work that I would want to be doing? Are these the problems that I would want to be solving? So it allowed him to experiment a little bit and understand for real before getting into the job if this was right for him. And then two, who does that? Like, <laughs> I, very few people in the world would do something like that, right? Have you seen very many people do that, Matt? No. I haven't, and you know how it goes when you see someone behaving in that way. People like that uh, figure out what they want and they go out and they get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what ended up happening too. These organizations are like, oh my goodness. Like they're talking about it to their coworkers and stuff. Like this guy like just did, you know, 20 hours worth of work that I have been putting off for six months. Like that's crazy. And then through that, he was able to say that, hey, some of these organizations, some of these people are not who I necessarily want to, you know, not who I want to work with. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That puts you years ahead versus accepting an opportunity or going through all the effort to, you know, to get an opportunity and then realizing it's not the right one for me. Like that's, that doesn't help anybody. So by putting this upfront work in, what it allowed Mike to do is 
um, save all the time at the organization and save all the time for himself, and then also get these valuable learnings at the same time while being able to completely stand out. So he got not only two different offers with organizations that he already knew that he wanted to work with, but at the same time, he was in a different place. By the time he got into interviews, by the time he got into you know, negotiating an offer, he's in a different place to negotiate than someone else who comes through the quote unquote normal conventional mm. hiring process. So he was able to not only have them increase the amount of salary and compensation, he literally was able to ask them to modify the role itself to get what he wanted. On top of all of that, what's interesting to me is for the lucky company that hired this guy. So I would, I'm going to assume that those five companies all had some things in common, or at least the work he did for them across those companies was similar, whether they're in the same industry or the type of work that they needed him to do would be similar. It's interesting to me is the company that hired him, hired a guy that just got a lot of exposure to four companies that are in some way their competition, or at least going down some of the same paths, which makes uh, you almost have to hire him at that point. It would, it would be <laughs> foolish not to. This strategies like that are higher level thinking. And I don't believe many job seekers, especially that are earlier in their career, or maybe have, they've been in the same career for a long time and kind of been focused in one area, they don't get exposed to a strategy or high level thinking, or even to me, creativity like this on, on your happened to your career podcast. I know you have more conversations like this, but what else could our listeners learn when they tune into your show? I think the most important thing that we do with our podcast is we provide exposure, exposure, not just to new and different ways to work and to what, you know, what thriving might look like for an individual. Cause very often we will have uh, people who have made transitions or that we've helped make transitions come on the show and share not only how they did it, but what they learned, what was different about the process. We try and be very, very upfront and real with what is very, very difficult or unexpected, or people don't know when they're making this type of career change that most people consider to be impossible. So we try and be really upfront and real about you know, the great things and why it might be worth it or what is more difficult in so many different ways. Um, but more importantly than that, the reason that we go to great lengths to share those types of stories and candid conversations are because most people don't even realize that this stuff could be possible for them. Yes, we look and we say, yeah, like Jessica, who you know, we helped uh, take a, she had a couple of, couple of offers and we helped her take one of them from $130,000 to over $300,000 in, in um, total compensation. That sounds crazy, but that's the type of thing that we do all the time. Way more important than the compensation for her is the fact that she ended up in a role and an opportunity that really felt almost like a custom fit for what she wanted at that mm. point in time. Will she probably grow and evolve to want something different four or five years in the, in the future? Yeah, that's probably, and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but it, it took a different level of thinking and effort to create that type of opportunity for herself. And that's what we want to expose and share to uh, our listeners. So that's the type of thing that you can expect. 
One of the thoughts that come to mind for me when I'm hearing these stories and your strategies is that this, the process that you are taking your clients through, I'm going to assume that it takes a lot more time than someone who needs a job in a week. Talking to these companies, a lot of times it sounds like they're sometimes creating or evolving positions for this person. It happens. I've seen it happen. I've I, when I was director of talent acquisition, we ch- we changed roles to fit people all the time, and it usually worked out really well. You have to be careful, but yeah. uh, on our, our our side, it typically we would get someone who had different perspective than us, and it opened up all these doors uh, when we listened to them. But all that said, when you work with Scott, if you need a job in the next week, I don't think that that's probably that's probably not, not what you do. So my question would be. When is the right time in someone's career, their thought process, maybe their frustrations? What's the right point for them to reach out to you and and uh, to start working with you and and developing kind of these strategies and and exploring what changes can be made? Yeah, that's such a great question. And I would say that it's when you have realized that it is less important to get just something better or something that pays better or something that is better in any one category. And when it is more important to find or create an opportunity that really is a fit for the life that you want to live. And that doesn't mean that you automatically know already the life that you want to live, but when your priorities start to shift and realize that you know, this is, it's important to me to not just, not just worry about a job, but instead really focus on a career that actually fits me and, and exploring and finding out what that is and what that can look like. And um, when you want something more uh, across all areas of your life, that's usually an indication that we'd be able to help. Doesn't mean, you know, coaching's all the right fit, but definitely we probably have resources on our, our site, happentoyourcareer.com, or even Shoot, we even have, actually, here's a great resource. We have, one of the ways that you can, you can know we have this um, eight-day mini course. We call it the eight-day figure-it-out mini course. And when you put in your email, you every day for eight days get a series of a few questions that prompt you to figure out what your ideal life or work or next step in your career might look like. And it's a wonderful beginning stage uh, that helps you just figure out, am I on the right path still, or do I need to do something different? And if so, what might that look like, or what might the, the beginnings of that look like? So that's a great way to know, too. We are going to link to Happen to Your Career's website and the Happen to Your, Your Career podcast. But before we come to a close, Scott, I need to ask you a favor, if that's okay. Absolutely. Job seeking is stressful. The need for health insurance, the need for an income, not knowing when that's going to happen, maybe not feeling as valuable in the workplace as you would like to. That all builds up. It's stressful. And um, a lot of us, a lot of times, we just need a word of encouragement. So, to close, can I ask you to share uh, a positive message or some encouraging words for our job seekers and send us off on a great note? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You know, I've found that in those times that you're talking about, Matthew, where like it's stressful or it is really challenging. It feels like it's challenging beyond, beyond maybe what, uh, what you might be able to do. 
I found that those are always the times that lead to something that is much more fulfilling or much more meaningful in so many different ways. So I would say two things. One, recognize that if you're in that space, this is the path. This is the path. This is Mm -hmm. the path to be able to be and do more of what you want to be, where you want to be, how you want to be. The second piece of advice or encouragement is when you're in those, those times or when it is challenging, then that is always, always the point in time where it is allowing you to define yourself because in those moments, you know, what you do, how you behave, um, the small, tiny steps that you make forward are the ones that add up to create something that is truly wonderful. So, you, you know, if you're there, you are in the midst of creating something that is truly wonderful for yourself. So don't forget that you're on your way. Thank you so much, Scott, for your creative ideas, your strategies, the lessons we can learn from those, for giving us your time. I hope you'll come back soon. In the meantime, check out the links to Scott and Happen to Your Career in this episode's description. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. This was fun. Are you feeling frustrated with the job hunt? Are endless applications and radio silence getting you down? You can now book me for $1 a minute for 30, 45, or 60 minutes. Don't need 45 minutes? Don't pay for it. Want to do 30 minutes now and maybe 30 minutes later? Once you progress, let's do it. We can conduct a mock interview. I'll help you format great responses that make a difference. We can improve your resume and cover letter to help get you noticed. I'm here to consult with you. If you're in a unique situation and want input from someone that has seen it all and can help you succeed like I have so many others, it's super simple. Just go to jobinterviewexperience.com and click the $1 a minute coaching button at the very top of the page. Select the amount of time you want to meet, and then you can look through my availability without having to pay. Check out my availability, pick a time, and pay $1 a minute for 100% of my attention. It's blocked into 30, 45, or 60 minutes, so we won't go over. You won't get charged any more than what you pay at checkout. Remember, the faster you invest in yourself, the faster you land that dream job, Go to jobinterviewexperience.com or follow the link in this episode's description. I'm excited to meet and help you take control of your career today.